0: So we watched the George Jenko podcast with Andrew Tate. Were you surprised when you saw them two together? Like when yeah, I said when yeah. I, yeah? yeah. Why were you surprised
1: about it? I uh I don't just I wasn't anticipating that being like a a matchup, mm-hmm. I guess. Nothing it's nothing against either of them. I just was like This is weird. By that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I
0: was too. And I to be honest with you, when I saw it, the first thing I thought of was like I know that I think Andrew Tate's a uh, Muslim Mm -hmm. and then Andrew Tate's a Christian. So I... George Janko is a Christian? What did I say? You just said Andrew Tate twice. Oh, so Andrew Tate is a Muslim and then George Janko is a Christian. And I saw that um, difference Mm -hmm. and wanted to see if that's what they were going to talk about. But they got into a bunch of stuff and I'm excited to talk about this. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about was like monogamy porn in the natural... is the natural being of man. Like So like... What I mean by that, it was in that episode they talked about, like, how in the Western world, like, monogamy seems to be preached and praised but not practiced. And then in his world, like the Eastern world, like in Islam, you can have multiple wives. And when I thought about it, I was like, dang, okay, well, Andrew Tate makes a bunch of good points because he's saying, like, you know, when you are in a monogamous relationship, you uh, you do things in the dark that essentially are not monogamous, i.e. like watching porn or Mm -hmm. getting prostitutes and stuff like that. So you're already trying to be, um, what's the opposite of monogamous? Like polyamorous? Yeah, polyamorous, right. And I thought that was interesting because he's like, oh, well, if if you're in a polygamous relationship, then you're doing the natural state of what a man should be. Right. Like, what do you think of that? Are you did you did you understand his take did you, or did you agree with him or disagree with him?
1: I think I know it's lame, but I like there's truth to it. Mm. There's some truth to it, mm. I think. But I guess I don't also agree that that just makes it right either. Mm. In the sense of I think for me I go like, yeah, I understand what he's saying, I understand the connection. I th- I do think it's different. I'm not that's not me excusing any of the other You others. think what's different? I think having multiple spouses is is different to some extent than what he was than like the the porn and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I'm that's not excusing any of that behavior I think it's more comes down to like you should just be restricting yourself period mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's easy I'm not saying that people aren't gonna um, mess up or like have mistakes or things like that but I think for me and I would agree with kind of more of the take that George Jenko had which is as a Christian, I would say like it is it is a discipline that I follow that I would just restrict myself from that behavior and be just in love and show love to that one person. Does that mm-hmm. make
0: sense? Yeah, so I mean it's like you're saying like I I agree with what he's saying, like the natural state of how a man should be, but the discipline that I'm choosing through my faith is to be monogamous. Right. Cause I cause I because when I was listening to it, I was like, Yeah, I agree with him. It's like We, well, I guess the, well, is the natural state of being a man to be polygamous?
1: Well, polygamous is the practice, I guess, to like want multiple. See, but that's it. It's want. I think the natural state is to want it, but it doesn't mean you need it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about like, like how in
0: like, like animals, they get to be in like Polygamous relationships. Like, they're not dedicated to one
1: Uh, other. No, I haven't thought about that. But I mean, I guess that's
0: true. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. But this is where the conversation gets interesting to me because, like, I've thought about that before. Like, we're the only... And Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. Like, we're the only mammals who essentially force ourselves to be with one other person. Mm -hmm. Like that polygamy. But when you... I mean that monogamy. But when you think about polygamy, it's like, well, well, will we just be following animal... Instincts. Instincts. But here's the thing. When you put the faith component into it, like we are made in God's image. You know what I mean? So that's where it becomes super interesting to me when you throw in God Mm -hmm. to like this like animalistic nature that we have. That's what makes us so different. And that's when I think about the Bible and like how we're made in God's image. And if you're a Christian, how you have the Holy Spirit, et cetera, et cetera. Or, well, that's what makes, I mean, I guess I I would argue that it makes life like, I wouldn't say more free, but I believe that religion gives you structure. Yeah. And I think as human beings, we need structure. Like we thrive off of structure. Mm -hmm. We can achieve things with structure. Like when you don't have structure, I think it's really hard to live because it's easy to, I would say, do bad things and to really be lost. Right. You know what I'm saying? So.
1: But see, that's the thing, too, that I, I disagree with is I feel like he's. You know in that podcast they're making the assumption that like well if you have multiple wives it it all stops like but my question is like at what point At had two wives at five wives mm. are you gonna get bored of them are you can try a different one mm-hmm. i mean that's where like he's basically saying like well that it's just better to do that than being in the darkness of like uh watching porn or whatever that may be mm-hmm. and i guess for me i go like again i don't think that that's good either but like who who? So you says think it's that, less harmful or something? No, I think it's like it's all it's all bad. You know, like it's all yeah. like a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I I think he thinks like there's like a a brighter
0: side. To yeah, or something. like oh yeah. well,
1: if you have like three wives, then like you won't have you know curiosity or you won't have this need that yeah, you're not fulfilling, yeah. and it's like yeah what like when does that ever happen yeah
0: and that's what i'm saying that that never happens right like you always are looking for more and like you always get bored of stuff like you always get bored of you always want something new yeah that's why like like when you see like these guys who like i mean i guess i'm gonna just say it like like gary v for example like at some point when you are with somebody for a long time and you get older And you have status, you can get somebody who's younger, Mm -hmm. right? So you want something new, you know what I'm saying? That's no knock to him, you know what I'm saying? That's no knock to anybody who does that. But I think the human condition is to always replace um, something that's old, right? And that's why, you know, even for me, like with my routines and stuff, it's like, okay, I'm going to throw something a little different in my routine because I'm doing the same thing every day. That's how I even came up with the morning checklist because I realized that routines get boring. But if I make a checklist on Mm. the things that I actually want to get better at and, and Make a habit of Then it doesn't get boring Because there's a mark of measurement For me at some point Like you know I've been getting up And writing in the morning every day I see myself getting better Writing Right Right. Like I see myself Choosing my words carefully So I think again We're talking about like The natural state of man And like polygamy And monogamy But we're really What I'm discovering Just even talking to you Is like we all get Bored of the same thing And you are gonna want More of that thing Uh, Over time 100% Yeah
1: And I guess then what would you say you got to do to not let that happen?
0: I don't think you can really stop it. Like, I think, like, I mean... I, hmm.
1: Like, I think the common thing is to be, like, that's the value of, like, dating or something like that. Like, date even when you're married. Because you're throwing something into a, You're changing things up in, like, a daily... I mean, we talked about
0: day. this a little bit. No, I know. That's we what talked I'm about this, yeah. yeah. Like, but I don't
1: feel like we necessarily have discussed it in further detail.
0: Yeah, so we were talking about uh what was the word? You used that word and I was like so like enamored uh-huh. by it. Uh it started with an n. I do remember that. Uh, novelty. Novelty. Yeah, 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 yeah. like th- having novelty. So I think when you do throw novelty into things, it Keeps the same thing interesting, yeah, and you can discover new things about that thing, mm-hmm. right? So, if I'm doing when I was playing football, if I did a drill, if I put an extra cone in the drill, it made the drill harder, and I feel like I'm getting a, a new skill from adding something into the drill, right? You know what I'm saying, yeah. And when we were talking about in the car on the way back from the cabin, it was like, all right, well, like the example you gave with your wife is like, hey, I don't want to change this date or something like that to my birthday because that's like expected let's throw a little like flair here and like make it new by making it spontaneous because we were saying like spontaneous spontaneity i don't think we were saying isn't real but we were saying it's hard to achieve but novelty is easy to plan which makes spontaneity happen
1: yeah yeah oh
0: that was kind of a bar (laughs) dog i go cap that was kind of a bar so yeah um we're kind of going all, all over the place. But yeah, I think that like at the end of the day, like that, I do believe that that is a natural state of being a man, but I also think it's a natural state of being a human. And depending on what your faith is and your morals and your goals, really with your relationship, you can choose what you want, but that whole st- putting an end to that, um, addiction or yeah. need, it's not going to end. Yeah. Like it's always going to be there. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. um, one, another thing, another thing that I thought was interesting is that like, they agreed on the principles of God, but follow two different religions. Like, I thought that was interesting because, like I told you, when I saw them two in the thumbnail, I was like, "Are they going to be clashing?" Mm-hmm. But they agreed with pretty much everything, yeah, and found common ground. They, and they believe in two different gods to some extent. Like, I know that like Islam, Jesus is there, but he's just a prophet; he's not like the Son of God, et cetera, et cetera. But even just to like listen to them. Really agree on all the same things. They have the same kind of principles and morals of how they view life. Well, it's cool to see because I think that um, if you believe in something else, you're automatically wrong in today's society, right? Like if you don't believe in if you don't believe in what I believe in, then I more than likely I'm not gonna like, yeah, I'm not gonna rock with you. Like I'm not saying I'm like that, but that's how most people are. That's how mm-hmm. that's what it is on social media. Like, even on social media, bro, when I see people like, like everybody got something negative to say about somebody doing positive things on yeah. their posts it's ridiculous bro like, like I watched this video I think yesterday it was it was this uh it was this guy doing like receiver drills and there's like teenage boys in there talking kind of like this isn't gonna work in a real game I'm like bro why do y'all always go to stuff like that clearly he's trying to give y'all a game and y'all right. I give y'all a game on like how to run routes and y'all just being negative you know what I'm saying so that, uh, to me that's just a dis- disagreement And with what that person is doing And they think they have an answer But most people don't really even have an answer You know what I'm saying They yeah. just want to be
1: negative And they won't And they're not Like there's something to be said for like Okay if you're gonna like Bash someone's game or whatever mm-hmm. Like you gotta come with yours mm-hmm. You like you gotta even the playing field Because like who are you to say something If you're not gonna at least Give your version Give your, a, mm-hmm. your alternative I just think that's like just weak basically yeah. mm-hmm. and and i think like something they said later on actually it might be in part two oh spoiler alert uh <laughs> is just like there's just not really any reason to like sit down and be like all right christianity versus islam or whatever religion versus religion because it's like dude at the end of the day that's like a heart-to-heart thing like mm-hmm. if you were um uh, like Muslim, for example, I I don't think there's any value in me just being like, all right, for the next hour on this podcast, I'm gonna like let's go at it. Yeah, yeah let's I'm see gonna who's, try and change see who's his right. mind. Yeah. yeah, like what yeah, does yeah. that do? Like, yeah, that's it's so deeply rooted within you. Like, I I think that's like more we come to it as we come to it. If that if mm-hmm. that was if one of us was to make a change, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's just like oh well, in this hour conversation we're gonna like. Mm-hmm destroy the other person's like thought process
0: yeah and it's interesting to hear you say that because i think it's a lot easier to come to an agreement than it is to disagree like i think it's a lot easier to find common ground Mm -hmm. than to like change somebody's like whole opinion because you think you're right like we're not gonna ever get anywhere like i've always said bro like if somebody believes in something and i don't i'm not gonna argue with them for what like you really believe in that i'm not gonna change your mind so what's the point of me arguing with you you know what i'm saying like you believe in that I believe in this. We can keep it respectful. Don't disrespect me. Because as soon as you disrespect me, that's when it's a problem. If I disrespect you, it should be a problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, again, it's easier to find common ground. Um,
1: but I think there's value in talking about it. Like, I want to yeah. hear someone's opinion. I wanna, yeah. Like, it'll make me stronger.
0: Yeah. I think looking for perspective is great. Yeah. Right? Like, I think perspective is everything. But if you're going in with a bias and a, really an a emphasis to, like, prove your point and to convert and convince you're going into like an uphill battle forever because belief is something that's rooted from the ground up, right? Like I always say, bro, you're not born racist. You're taught to be racist, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so to try to change somebody's opinion or be, or again, don't take any disrespect from anybody who says racial slurs to you, but to try to like convince them as to why they're wrong and what it is, like, I ain't gonna waste my time. Like It is what it is. Like you keep, you stay over there, I stay over here. But if you, if you return up to have a conversation to learn, then cool. But like, other than that, yeah, I ain't got nowhere to go with you. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, I have one question. Do you think you have to be abrasive in order to get your point across in today's world? Personally, I do, yeah. And I, why do you think that is? I'm not saying you're wrong or right or anything. I'm like, why? I think I can explain this
0: best by giving examples. And I'm obviously going to go back to like the things that I know, and I think that's football. I think that's parenting. I think that's that's being married. Mm -hmm. So when you play football, like, if a coach came to me when I messed up on a play or something, it wouldn't stick to me. It wouldn't stick with me if he wasn't uh, abrasive with it because it's matching the energy of what the sport is. Yeah, the sport is, is physical. Right, and it, and it's it's fast and you gotta think on your feet. And if I had a coach come to me and say, Hey, you know, like that was a really nice job, but like they scored a touchdown and I want you to learn about life and like sometimes you get scored on and whatever. I'm gonna go out there with that same kind of energy, like it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if he like you can't effing do that, right? Like you gave up some to- points blah, blah. so now when i go out there i'm gonna be a little antsy i'm gonna be on my toes i'm gonna be a little bit nervous but i'm gonna be on my p's and q's because he was abrasive with me and mm. I, don't, I don't i'm don't, i not taking any i'm not taking any ill will from that like hopefully i'm mature enough and i think there's a time and place in pop Warner football you probably shouldn't be doing that in high school it's a little bit introduced in college it's definitely introduced and then in the league is cutthroat yeah. right so there's levels to it but there's different levels of abrasiveness in every level right like So I think that you do need to be abrasive. And I think it is circumstantial. But I tend to decide of being abrasive most of the time more so than um, nurturing, I guess, is the best thing that I can say. And When I put, give it, give a example for like parenting, for example, we talked about this a little bit. It's like, like I'm teaching my kids how to cross the street. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, Teaching them how to cross the street. And crossing the street is dangerous for a child, right? So I'm teaching them, hey, the first stage was like, hold daddy's hand, we're walking across the street together. And I'm teaching them, hey, always look at both sides before you cross the street. I'm not worried about it because I'm holding their hands and I'm checking before them. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to be good. It's been a couple of years. My oldest is six. My second oldest is four. They're old enough to, they have the awareness to look both ways and cross the street. But I'm not going to just, Hey, go get something about the car. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> yeah, not yeah, yeah, gonna yeah. do that. I'm still gonna be there supervising. Yeah. So now what I do is like I hold my baby in my in the car seat. I check both ways to make sure no cars are coming. I cross the street and then I pay attention to them. I don't say nothing. I just pay attention. And then like most of the time, the first stage is like they'll like run in the middle of the street and then they'll look. I'm like, hey, like you have to pay attention. Like look both ways. And I'll keep it that blunt. I want to explain, like, hey, like a car can come, da 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 da, because. I feel like the car is starting to get watered down. Like the car isn't dangerous. Yeah. It, the car has to be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the car can kill them. Yeah. It can kill them. So in the beginning, I'm okay. like, hey, like, make sure you look both ways. Like you got into the middle of the street, like look both ways. And I'll say it firm, just like that. It's not a lesson. It's like, you need to do this, right? So then a couple of months go by, they're getting better. They're, they've learned how to stop at the beginning of the street. And look both ways and i'll praise him like oh good job maddie luke i saw you like that was a really good job get in the car put them in the seat belts there's one instance where uh my oldest was frustrated with something she didn't, she didn't get a treat from her grandma or something like that just like being like all like frustrated about right, that yeah. i'm like, okay this is gonna be a good lesson because she's not gonna look both ways because she's in her feelings right she's not she's not she's not old enough to consciously think I'm feeling sad or mad, but I still need to be on my p's and q's. Yeah, I'm, all right. Like she's not gonna look both ways, and it's kind of a test for me to see, oh, like will she look both ways? You know what I'm saying? So sure, same thing. I go across, and she's she's the last one because she's pouting. Me, my ba- I'm holding my baby, and then my second oldest goes across. We cross right. the street first. So sure enough, she comes up to the street and she's pouting and she head down straight across the street, and I like raise. My, I said, Maddie, you can't do that. You can like. I don't care if you're I don't care if you're sad. I don't care if you're mad. You have to protect yourself. You gotta look both ways. If a car comes and hits you, you can get hurt. Do you understand? And she's like a little bit like afraid and like whiny. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like she, she's but well, she's not fearful. And maybe she is fearful. I can't talk to her. I can't speak for her at six years old. Right. But it's my duty to let her know this is dangerous, right? Yeah. Now when I was growing up, my dad would probably would have cussed me out like, you gotta watch the effing car, like, are you stupid, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I'm taking what I've learned from that and actually putting the correct words, but keeping the same message because abrasiveness will will work instead of me just calmly talking about her, because think about it. And this is just my opinion. and We can sit here and argue about it all day. If I let her cross the street and just buckle her and say, hey, Maddie, you didn't cross the street. That could have been really dangerous. That's not going to get to her, in my opinion, because she's crying. She's upset about the treat. So I have to, like, beat... I have to... Approach her as something that's that's stronger than her being sad about a treat. Right. Yeah. So I gotta match that, or no, not even. I gotta beat I gotta yeah. overcome that. Yeah. Like huh. yo, like you cannot do that. Right. You can get hurt. I don't care if your feelings are hurt. I don't care about the treat. You still have to make sure that you pay attention because if you don't, you will get hurt. I'm not using a word like you. Can, you are gonna you're gonna die. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying stuff like that. Right. The the, the word that she can understand is hurt. If I said die, she doesn't understand. She can't comprehend death. So why would I ever use that word? But hurt, she can. She's fell. She's no burned her finger. You know, she's got a scrape on her knee. So she understands pain. Mm-hmm. So it's like calculating the abrasive to match my daughter. But I do believe that if I wasn't abrasive, she has more of a chance of getting hit by a car than me than not because I did not over. I didn't beat the uh, emotion that she was feeling at the time.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, you know, we've talked about this before too. And I, I think there's value in like that type of abrasiveness makes sense because you explain why mm-hmm. after the fact. So there's an explanation. I just sometimes wonder, you know, I, again, I'm not saying it, you, that you have to, that you're going to say it in a loving way. Like I agree. There's just sometimes there's sternness. The tone in which you say it absolutely has to be abrasive. I think there's also just sometimes where I look at, I mean, I'm using Andrew Tate as an example, but I'm like, I know there's other people that do this, mm-hmm. and they get fame off of it, which is the abrasive thing in which there's. Oh, okay. I mean, he uses it as an example. He was talking about, um, like every woman should have their their body count on tattooed their on their forehead, yeah. and that's just horrendous. From from like the basis of what it is. Now, he, I get a tiny piece of his logic. I get it. But it's like okay. What, you know, is there a different way we can say this that like everyone understands what you're saying? It's uh, it might still be abrasive. It might still be abrasive, but it doesn't like in my opinion just blatantly like disrespect an entire half of the human race.
0: Well, when I heard it, I was like, to me, it wasn't, like, offending anybody. Like, to me, when I hear it, I'm just like, oh, I see what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like,
1: like I don't know. Like, I, I Because, I, I I mean, we don't go down this route. I think, like, he's basically saying, like, if it wasn't for the women, you know, being promiscuous, we could, like, fix everything. I'm like, okay, but there's a male side to this, in my opinion, too.
0: Yeah, I see. I, okay, I agree with that. When I heard him say it, I was just like, yeah, I get what he's saying. Like, he basically, I didn't think, when he started talking about, like, the... How it would it fix the whole nation? I was like, oh, I didn't think about all that. I was just thinking more of like, if you kind of know, like anything, if you kind of know what people have been through, you will choose wisely. That's mm-hmm. what all I heard. I didn't think about. He started talking about like fixing the nation, and like it'll make the man compete, and then the men will be better. I'm right, but right, that's a that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I get what you're saying now.
1: Like, I'm not even giving. I'm not asking for maybe an answer, or like I'm not saying you have one. I'm just more of like, it almost seems unfortunate that we have to get to that. If or we feel the need to get to that point in order to like drive something home. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I get it like, like you or like anyone's, like, or as parents, you have to say something in the most ramped up way Mm -hmm. in order for it to, to be like understood. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a example like in marriage. Like when you think about the difference between like commanding something and demanding something, they're two different words. Like when you command let me look this up because i don't want to i don't want to botch this all right while both command and demand involve instructing or asking someone to do something there are subtle differences in their meanings command means to give an, an authoritative order to or instruction and often implies authority or control and may be associated with a position of power to demand is forcefully ask for something, often with a sense of urgency or insistence. It can imply a request that is more assertive or firm than a simple simple command. So I think a demand is like if I'm like, I think like these are the two things that you kind of do in marriage when you're being like a, uh, um, what's the word? Not assertive like. Abrasive. Uh, abrasive. Yeah. I, I don't know why I keep messing. With, I always forget <laughs> the word abrasive. Like those are the two words that come to me when I think about merits. Like mm-hmm. you either commanding something or demanding something. So mm-hmm. when you command, it's like it's like a you you better do this. To demand is to essentially ask, but you still like I need you to do this, right? Right. So when you think about those two terms, it's like okay, if I was like to be abrasive and demand something for from my wife, mm-hmm. I'll be like, Yo, I need you to cook tonight because if you don't cook tonight. We don't get to eat. So can you cook?
1: Yeah. You hear
0: my tone? Like, yeah. can you cook? Whereas come in is like, yo, you better cook tonight. Cause if you don't cook, like we're all gonna like die or something yeah, like, yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's how you're being abrasive in uh in a marriage. And most of the time that doesn't really work either right. way. So you have to go to something else where it's more like, okay, you kinda kinda explain your reasoning and then ask. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, hey, like can you cook more? Like, I I feel like I got work a lot and like you have more time and I do enjoy cooking, but if you cooked more, it'll probably give me more time to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so how do you feel about cooking? Let's right. have a conversation about it. Cause right. I think if you talk to your woman or your man like that and have a conversation about it, being abrasive kind of just gets taken out right away when mm-hmm. it comes to the things that you actually want to get done. Mm-hmm. Now, I think being abrasive and having an argument are two different things. Cause I think once you're in an argument and you're going back and forth with each other, I think abrasiveness is out of the table. Yeah. I think it is now we're just, yeah, yeah, now we're just, now we're just mad. So abrasiveness is, is just out. And mm-hmm. more than likely we're going to go this and jab at each other and say these words. And then we got to circle back and talk about, okay, why did we do that? I'm sorry. Let's right. not do that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's why when I thought about being abrasive, I thought of these two words. Cause I think these are the things that you do. These are the two approaches that you take when you're a, being abrasive yeah in a relationship yeah
1: and so this is where i go i think what you said the version of like let's talk about it essentially is like yeah so can we do that i think it's hard no that's fair Mm. and the thing is is like i think it takes like work on everyone's part to do that
0: yeah because one person might be ready and the other is and the thing is the other person who's not ready can't even see it because they weren't talk to you like that in their lives ever mm. you see what i'm saying yeah that was one of me and charlotte's biggest problem is like we just came from two different places and one way i always say like bro like in relationships one word in the relationship like love respect disrespect um nurturing whatever was one word but we both have complete definitions of it oh yeah now we got to make our own and figure out what that looks like. And I right. think starting with the definition of what it actually is is always a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Like when Charlotte would always tell me, like, she felt a certain way and she would use a word consistently, I would look up the definition of that word and figure out what that word is. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really need, I'm not really even sure if she knows what she's saying with that word because I know I don't do what this word is saying so now let me talk to her about how she feels find the right word of what that is is, is with how she feels so therefore I can now I can work on how she feels yeah you see what
1: I'm saying yeah I I can like my wife for a while used the word like concerning like this is really concerning and for me that's like are we on the brink of divorce yeah 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 like is that what this is like warning warning like the red lights are going on and I would explain that and she's like no like I just i this needs to be done, or like I yeah. need it to be like and I'm like, totally hear you now. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, now yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm right there. That yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's and it's night and day, bro. It's like, yeah, like that I can't tell you how many times I'm like, like even like I think it was last night or something. Like Charlotte said something to me um before we went to bed. It was what what did she say? I don't know, she said something where I said, Charlotte. I feel like you should look up the definition of that word. It's not what the way you use it is not. It's not right. Like it's not right. And like I used to get super frustrated by the words that you would use towards mm-hmm. me sometimes. But I once, but once I started learning how learning how to articulate my thoughts better, I realized a lot of the words that I use, I don't, really, I don't even use them correctly. So now I have a lot more grace for my wife because maybe she doesn't know how to use the words correctly. But it's a word that's generalized and it's very easy to use and this yeah. happens all the time bro like i remember when the word like narcissistic came out yeah yeah and like people just use that word all the time so you just use it like oh like he's a narcissist it's like oh yeah i guess he is and i look at the term narcissist i'm like okay everybody kind of has this in them a little bit you know what I'm saying? everybody does yeah so now to label somebody that they're a narcissist it's like Okay, now we're, the word is just popular now, yeah it's just a popular word and it's an easy way to a lot of the times what people do is when they these big words come out that everybody use it's an easy way to point a finger and label somebody without doing the work to figure out what it is that's actually wrong with you first instead of them right. That's all. It, that's all it is. Yeah, it's an easy way to like label somebody without doing the work to figure out why do I feel this way. Yeah, right. Like I told you, like when I was writing in my journal, and I got, and I figured out like you know, and there's an episode about that. We'll link it somewhere. Um, but I wrote about like I see all these negative things about my family. I'm gonna choose different the words to combat how I feel. To serve them the way that I want Because I don't want to feel this way yeah. Right That takes a lot of work Whereas mm-hmm. like, I can be like Oh my wife is like a She's a she's a narcissist right. It's like That's just too easy It's too easy And it's popular now You don't even know what the hell The word really even means And again that's like 0 to 100 Yeah But the thing is They don't know it's a 0 to 100 Because they don't know What the freaking word is Right means.
1: Yeah 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 Exactly
0: So it's like What are we actually talking about here So now right. when people say stuff so to me I'm just like okay you know what i mean like i don't even even know and when i and i'm not sitting up here saying like i'm i'm like holier than thou and i know the whole dictionary it's like no i just now i just now understand that we actually don't know a lot of what these words mean that are like generally used all the time right that's all i'm really saying And i
1: think it's a good reminder and i'm saying this for me Mm -hmm. is like when you hear something that just seems like just ridiculous or outlandish to almost like press the person to be like can you say that Like, say what you're saying, but, like, in another way. Like, I almost need to hear you say it a second time to Mm -hmm. be like, do you truly, like, do you truly mean what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Or are we just on different, like, language, language paths? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that that could be so much benefit. Like, there's so many times where I hear something and I'll just, like, I'll either call it a day. Like, I don't want to hear any more from you because I don't, I already don't agree with what you just said. Mm -hmm. Or... Or I'm just ready to fire right back based off of that, you know, that one or two words. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if I just like took one more second and said, Okay, like the concerning thing. Oh, this is really concerning my wife saying this is really concerning. It's like, can you like really tell me more about what you mean by mm-hmm. that? So hopefully that like resolves the issue. Mm-hmm. Or I can at least now meet her at the same level yeah. rather than being mm-hmm. like freaking out because i think that <laughs> yeah because yeah, you're, you,
0: you're using your what she when when she says something to you you're taking the definition that you know of and thinking that she's casting it upon you exactly see this is like bro keep it a buck this is like better than the five love languages dog like there should be a whole book about this like understand the words that you're using because in that way you I, you guys are actually speaking the same language right this is why i never liked the five loving love languages because it's, it's like to me it's just like superficial and to me, it's like categorizing categorizing yourself and also like putting a ceiling on how you want to be loved or how you want to be communicated with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be a whole time in my life where I want to be like touched. Not, there's never going to be a time in my life where I want gifts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't stand like getting gifts. Like it's just so weird to me. And there's never going to be a time where, where I need words of affirmation. At least mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. But if I go through something and like, somebody in my family gets sick, maybe I need to hear more words yeah. of affirmation. Yes. So yeah. now your words actually matter more. So make sure you're using the right words. You know what I'm saying? Like or the right phrases for that matter. Don't come here and be like, it's gonna be all right, bro. Just just, just buck up. Yeah. Like <laughs> we fighting now. Like don't say that to me. Right. It's not the time to do that. So to hell with the five love languages. Like we need to figure out how to use our words correctly. Yeah. Especially because now we live in a world Where words are just generalized And you just say What's popular It's the same thing bro Like when all the kids Like Talk about hip things And like you know it's lit. Like, lit was a word for, like, four years, yeah. like, every kid say. Now they say, bro, they say something like riz. I don't even know what the hell riz is. And they say something else. Like, like when I was coaching football, they will always say, like, merch. Like, bro, merch. I'm like, when I hear merch, I think of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? And they use the word merch all the time. Yeah. So just how these young kids have their own language to understand each other, we need to have language for our spouses, our kids, friendships. Yeah. And we got to get on the same page. And yeah. I think starting with the definition of the word, right? Seeing what that means. See if, seeing if that is accurate with what you're saying. And if it's not, find the right word and you get on, on the same page. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to help define love languages, bro. Like, this is like, actually, like, get the language right. Like, yeah. the
1: actual words. Yeah. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good point.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know where all that came from. From What were, we, were we even talking about? Thieving? Oh, you asked me a question. Whatever. Ooh, I got one. Um, Do you believe if you're a religious person, you're a better person?
1: That I'm a better person? Yeah. No. I don't. Because I don't think... Let me rephrase it. Okay.
0: If you're... Do you believe if you're a religious person, you're a... No, I'm not going to change it. I want you to elaborate on why you're not a better person. Because I think, again, just what we talked about, when I hear the word better, I have a definition of what I think means better. Yeah, See what I'm saying? Like how quickly that happened. That's why I didn't change it. Because I was going to come up with a new word, but I wanted to show that this happened in real time. Because I know you, my dog, I know that you have a different definition of better to me. And I already know kind of what it is. It's like, you're thinking better than other people. Correct. I'm thinking of, you're trying to get better as a person. Yeah. But your definition is more right. Because that's what better means but i'm thinking context of like i'm trying to make a better person sure so it see it happens that fast all oh, the time oh yeah 100% yeah anyways that was a whole tangent go ahead so if you're a religious person you're a better person
1: yeah to agree i this. Mean, okay let's just go with my definition <laughs> uh no because i think like i think we all do wrong bad sinful things and i think that that just puts us all on the same scale mm-hmm. straight up i think i don't i don't think i'm a better person but i think it's beneficial to have like morals and structure that comes with religion but that's not to say you can't have that uh if you're not religious so i like i think you can still be like i don't want to kill people if i'm not even if you're not a, a christian or a um name religion whatever mm-hmm. so i know that's pretty like Surfacey answer, but I guess to some extent that would be a quick answer that I would have for that question. Mm -hmm.
0: See, if I was to answer, I would just say yeah, because of my definition of better. Because for me, religion, religion gives you structure. Mm -hmm. That's all it really does. It gives you a blueprint of how to live a life. It Mm -hmm. gives you some principles to follow. Because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, and we've talked about this recently, I've realized that like. As human beings, we're all trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're trying to not suffer and we're trying to achieve. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you need structure to do that. If you're in a football team, there's structure in order for you to get better, get bigger, get stronger, get faster to perform well. If you are an employee at a job, There's rules and structure in order for you to do. And if you do that well, you rank up into eventually being a CEO of the company, right? There's structure, there's rules around this happening. Mm -hmm. Life is really difficult. And that's why there are so many gods, if you really think about it, because everybody wants nuance of how they can live a good life. Like I saw something the other day where like there's a temple in India and India has like 30,000 gods or something. There's a temple in India a rat temple with like 30,000 rats. And the people there say that these rats are their ancestors and they give them guidance and whatever. Sure, to each his own. Like if you're living a good life, fine. Like, if these rats help you, fine. That's not me trolling, that's me being 100% real. So with that religion, it's all religion that's trying to steer you into the right path. And there's, there's rules in there to do that. So from that standpoint, I think you are trying to become a better person. I mean, that doesn't mean you are a better person, but I think you become you can become a better person faster by having religion. I do believe in that. F-
1: okay, faster. All right, I guess that's fair. I think I mean, me, If you don't have religion, what do you have? I think you can still have structure in your life. Hmm. But well, what it, what does that come back to? And I'm genuinely just curious. Like, I don't know what it comes back to. And that's why i that's why i did choose religion but i but i think like elaborate on that a little well, bit Well, so this is my thing is like i think you mentioned like you can be a better person but i'm like couldn't you be religious and have really poor structure and there could be someone with better structure outside of that
0: no but i believe that even if you have bad structure you have something to point back to to get you back on track faster
1: like god god, is that what god. Yeah.
0: yeah no matter what the god is it's god right yeah. like we all worship something something yeah whether it's a God or whether it's a drug or whether it's a person, right? Like we all worship something. So you're always pointing back to something to get back right when you are knocked off the track. And I think that religion is a really good place to do that because it's something that's bigger than you. Like I think about people who are addicted to, you know, drugs or something. It's like, like, that's what you, you worship that thing. Like you're addicted to that thing. The worship isn't probably like, you don't want to worship it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you do because you need that thing yeah. to survive, right? Yeah. Like part of you. Like I said, like we none of us want to suffer. It's so interestingly like watching *Saltwater Underbelly* and listen to the drug addicts. They don't want to be on drugs, but they're literally addicted. When they get off of them, they get dope sick, bro. So they worship that drug. They have to.
1: Okay, so I'm not saying I'm looking at to...
0: the definition of worship too. Go ahead. Okay.
1: Like. Couldn't you point back to, like, family and friends and, like, children? I think for a purpose. But is, could that be enough? Again, I'm saying no, this from no, a devil's yeah, advocate yeah, perspective. Yeah.
0: Um, no, because I think that, like, like for me, for example, if, I, if I'm... I use my kids and my wife... Well, I don't anymore. Damn, that's fascinating. I was going to say using my kids and my wife as motivation, but I, think I, I don't think I do. Because for me... I have an obligation and a duty, and for that reason, I need to make sure that I'm right, right? Like, they don't motivate me to go out and grind. It's like, no, like, I chose to get married. I chose to have kids, so I'm going to do right by them and do my do what I'm supposed to do. But I'm not motivated by that. I'm not pointing back to them.
1: But if you were obligated, it doesn't mean you would necessarily be wanting to get better. Like, I think you are motivated to be a better father or a better husband. Mm-hmm. So I would say they motivate you to do that. You are, but motivated. they motivate—they
0: motivate me by default because I put myself in those positions. You see what I'm saying? Like no,
1: that part, I don't see.
0: So I would listen to music to get motivated to live. To live sure. in the gym. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's a a choice to pick a song to get through something. Right. I don't go like if I'm having a hard time. I don't think about, like, my like my daughter, like, Maddie, like, needs me, and I got to, like, do that. I don't think like that. Right. To me, it's more of, like, nah, like, I'm doing this because it's my obligation, and I enjoy what I do to fulfill that role. But when I think about God, I'm like, there's something much bigger here, and I'm supposed to live my life a certain way to serve the person that gave me this life. Yeah. So when I think about the drug addicts, I'm like, I need this thing in order to, feel good yeah you know what i'm saying like am I? that makes sense yeah
1: i just think that's a drastic example that's the only like, thing you have something that's closer no that's what i'm asking about family because i think that that's different like i think like i understand your point about like we all worship something but i'm like i think there's people that aren't religious and also aren't on drugs or have a problem with alcohol
0: worship can also imply a sense of submission oh, oh this is really long The word worship has several related meanings, but its core concept involves showing reverence, adoration, or devotion to a deity, divine being, or religious practice. Here are some key aspects of the meaning of worship. Religious devotion, adoration, and respect, blah, blah, blah. Um, The nature of worship can vary widely across different cultures, religions, and belief systems. But at its core, it involves expressing reverence, devotion, and respect for something considered sacred or divine. Well, they give a very, like, godly
1: but I think, like at your to your point, I think a lot of times it points back to like career. You worship the work that you are doing. I want to be the best. I want to like be a billionaire. You are putting yeah. your worship into something like yep. that, You're, or money, or power, or uh, I guess maybe even other people to mm-hmm. some extent. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's a better word for that? But all I have to say. I feel like I'm not versed enough to like continue this. I mean, you're
1: idolizing him. That's what I think it is. It mean like, I guess worship probably works too, but you can idolize your work, idolize a person.
0: Okay. So my definition of worship is like to get down on my knees. Right. And like, you are my whatever. Yeah. Or I need you. Yeah. I can't live without you. Right. That's worshiping in my head. It's not this definition of worshiping, but maybe idolizing is the word, right? Like, but to me, like, that's how you see that all the time with people. Like, think about the dads who are like, I got you know I did all this got all this money and my daughter is like nineteen and she I have no relationship with her like yeah because you worship the damn job
1: yeah correct
0: you worship the job right like
1: and that and that that is sad there's like nothing to point back to there
0: yeah exactly and that's that's why I give my point about like I don't use my kids and my wife as motivation my work. Is an obligation to provide for them totally. but when i go back at home i'm at home i'm not thinking about work because if i worship the work or i use them as motivation to work hard i am going to justify Working why not hard. being there totally is is worth it exactly. and it's not that's why i don't use them as motivation Correct. i don't i'm like right. nah. like these are my kids like, i love my babies bro like i gotta go to work and i gotta do this thing because i need money and like th- that provides for them it means that black and white it's not. It's not more complicated than that, because then if I start to like worship work, I started getting infatuated, infatuated with like numbers and views.
1: Oh, one hundred percent. Numbers
0: in general, yeah. I get infatuated with numbers, and that's not good. That's worshiping to me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. The example of family is like nah. Like I don't nah. Like because then when I think about religion, it's like what well, religion gives you like stories, parables, and lessons to essentially stay away from suffering. That's why that's why I believe in the religion part of it because mm-hmm. there's nothing else on the world that can do that. Like I can't put my faith in my wife for me for her to not make me suffer because she probably makes me suffer a lot. You know what right. I'm saying? Like I can't put my I can't put my, my belief and in worship into like a football team. Oh, all yeah. these dudes are different. Yeah. And we're gonna lose games. You know what I'm saying? So like I can't put my all into that. You right. know what I'm saying? So right. like that's why I believe that religion you know, makes you a better person because you kind of let go. Like, when we think about, like, when we listen to the Andrew Huberman thing, he's like, I'm a scientist dog and I got all the answers for the, the, the numbers and the data. Yeah. But I... when it comes to, like, feeling better and, like, knowing that I can't control something, I pray. And no matter what you believe or what I believe, it works. Yeah. It works for me. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I think it makes you a better person because you let go. Yeah. You let go. Yeah. And that's what we need most of the time and, Things on the in the world can't do that, bro. Like,
1: yeah, it's not like yeah, nothing of this world, yes. in my opinion, yeah. can do that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, and if somebody has an example, I I'd right. love to yeah, sit yeah, here yeah. and talk to you yeah, about yeah, it. I'm not here to debate. I just because if, if it is, I want to know it because I probably want, want a little some of it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But like, yeah. I've yet to met meet anybody who's found that answer because I, I don't think it's real. Like I don't. Like I grew up around prostitutes and drug addicts and successful people with football. I've grown grown up around like, you know, or seen throughout my life, just different measure, different measurements of success and different measurements of like triumph and tribulation and failure, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and just seeing both sides of the coin and just like, we're all looking for the same thing. We all worship something and hopefully something that's bigger than you, because at some point you will fall and you got to let go that's why i believe that religion makes you a better person because you can go back to that thing and it'll give you the same principles that we're all looking for in every religion mm-hmm. to stay away from suffering mm-hmm. and this is how you do it yeah so that's why i think it makes you a better person
1: that makes sense i think so
0: i think so too i'm not sure i guess i guess, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll find out like i guess they'll let us know transitioning over from that do you think god's love is a disciplinarian
1: love I'm gonna let you go first with this one. So
0: I'm gonna just use the example that that Andrew Tate talked about on the podcast about like his dad uh, pushing <laughs> pushing him off the bike. Yeah. To like, oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yeah, just pushing him off the bike. And to me, no, I'm not gonna start with that. So when I think of like God's love being a disciplinarily in love. I would say I see it as more of like a, I'm gonna like make up a word. I don't know if it's real, but a consequential love where it's like, okay, I love you. It's like like a parent's love. Yeah. Right? Like, you can do that if you want, but I'm telling you, like, if you do that, it's not gonna, it ain't gonna be good. Yeah. It ain't gonna be good. Yeah. So do it if you want to, but that's that's how I parent. Like, obviously, I'm like, and my daughter's on a roof, I'm like, hey, jump if you want. But you shouldn't do that because you're probably gonna die. It's like yeah. it's like no, there's I gotta gotta kind of pay attention to like what the actual end result is of the thing that you're going right. to get into. Right. I see God's love is just like that. It's like, hey, you could do what you want, bro, but I'm telling you that ain't gonna work out because I've seen it happen over and over again with everybody. And you should just be like, you shouldn't do that. But do it if you want yeah. because once you do. You gotta live with the consequences, not me. Correct. That's how I see it. When I think of disciplinary love or discipline, I, like the first image that comes to my my mind is a belt. Like you're gonna beat someone for doing something right. wrong. So from that term of like that kind of discipline, no, I don't think it, if discipline means that. Like I, think, I almost think of like a dean at a at a at the principal's office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how I see it. And I don't yeah. see right, God that way. Or something. Yeah. 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 And what's interesting is that like. A lot of people don't like faith because that's how they see god yeah you know what i mean yeah. like that's always the thing like there's a guy in the sky and you believe that he's gonna grant your wishes and also if you do something wrong then he's going to like beat you for that but also like he knows everything so why would he do that to you it's like god is like a punisher it's like how right. people are saying so what, I, what's your perspective on i that? think
1: it's like this is going to sound really simplified but i think in some ways it works because in a way god sees us as children but I kind of think of God almost putting a bowl of broccoli and a bowl of ice cream in front of you mm. and says, it's your, it's your choice, which one you'd like to have. Mm. Now, deep down, you know, like the bowl of broccoli is good. It's healthy. It's going to make you feel better. But that ice cream looks awesome. Mm-hmm. It looks way better. And mm-hmm. most likely he knows. And I know I'm going to choose the ice cream because broccoli sucks. I would mm-hmm. rather have the ice cream. Mm-hmm. I eat all the ice cream. I got a stomachache. I feel sick. Mm-hmm. I got to deal with the consequences of that. I now don't feel good. I feel terrible. Like, I gained weight because I had a bunch of ice cream, whatever that is. I have to deal with the consequences of my choice. Now, do I think God still will come back and be like, listen, I knew that was going to come. You got to face those consequences. But, like, I still love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. And I think there is a level to that of, like, if it was something I did wrong, I think it's, like, repentance and forgiveness and stuff like that but mm. i think at the end of the day my point is i think he lets you live with the, the choices you make he doesn't outwardly go figure out a way to punish you for those choices yeah i don't believe that god wants to push you off your bike
0: yeah it's interesting we're talking about this because my mother-in-law is going through uh it's in a bible study right now she's in the book of job mm-hmm. and job is like literally god being like Basically, like stepping back, mm-hmm. like Devil do whatever you want. Like he, my that's my dog. Yeah. Like he not gonna, he not gonna, he not gonna flip on me. And uh, you know, as you know, I've been deconstructing my faith since April, and I'm kind of like making the turn back to it just because of recent events that only you really know about. And um, my mother in law says she said um, they were reading this book, and like I just don't believe that God is like a. She used some fancy word, but I don't believe God's love is disciplinarian like I don't think he would do that Yeah, and I was like I agree with you mm-hmm. I agree with you and I think prior to this deconstruction period that I went through I would have been like well you kind of gotta I wouldn't say you gotta believe that but like no that's the story you know what I'm saying like that is what happened because God was trying to teach us something and I was yeah. like no nah, I don't really I, don't believe, I believe you I don't really believe that either you know what I mean to me it's more about understanding like the the story and like the, like, the metaphor within the story or the lesson of the story more so than taking it as fact that this actually happened that's what all stories are. That's yeah. what nursery rhymes are. You know what I'm saying?
1: And for me, I look at that and I go like, "That that looks awful." Not yeah. gonna lie. But it's like I I am I am inspired when I read that to go like, "I hope that if I'm ever in that same position, that you have that, that same I have that strength."
0: Same yeah, it's the same thing that Jesus did when he was in the when he was hungry yeah. Yeah. and he stepped on the snake. It's the same thing. So you see these patterns in these stories. Just look at the patterns. I don't really look at like the. That's exactly what happened. Right. The book was written thousands of years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like it was changed over time. And I,
1: I think that's where like abrasiveness, coming back to our thing, that's where it comes into play. It is the most drastic story possible. Mm-hmm. Like Job went, went through it yeah. the, like big time. Mm-hmm. But it's like if he would have just been like, yeah, dude, he got the flu. And then right after <laughs> that, his family got the flu. It's like, okay, you know, like. I oh i see what you're saying but it's like what yeah he saying. went he went through it like the worst yeah and he just like held his ground and now we all go like i probably will never have to deal with that
0: yeah but what does that work no that's for the people? yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah. i go like yeah i'll probably never have to deal with that so all my little minute problems like i gotta deal with that and i gotta mm-hmm. still have faith because this guy like managed to keep it together
0: mm-hmm. all right let's pivot a little bit Your happiness comes from being respected over feeling loved Mm -hmm. as a man. Do you believe that or do you not believe that? Want me to say it one more time? Yeah, just do it. Your happiness comes from being respected over feeling loved as a man.
1: So in all honesty, (laughs) we have already talked about this a little bit. And I know my answer, (laughs) but I don't know why. What do you
0: mean? <laughs> well, oh, you know what we—you know—the conclusion that we came to, but you don't remember how we got there.
1: Yeah, because I remember originally. I think I originally said no. I remember saying I—I I respect over love.
0: No, I think I say respect over love. I you said you said love, you said love. and yeah. I think when we started talking, you understood what I was saying. So let's just talk about that. How we came to that conclusion? Okay. So when we were talking, I was saying that like you said something about love. I was like, I don't agree with that because. The way that I feel loved is by being respected, but it's not the respect that most, you know, these alpha male characters talk about, right. which is demanding and commanding and a and a disciplinarian in some, in some mm-hmm. regard. I'm like the way that I feel loved is by being respected, but this is how we get to respect. It me and you can come to a come to a conversation about a specific scenario or something that we want done in the house or something that we want done. With our kids, or something, that we, or a decision that we, that we want to make together, let's come together and make a decision on what we want to do collectively. We sign that agreement, and then we walk away, and we go into the to the actual world. If you don't do the thing that you said, I feel disrespected, and now I don't feel loved because we came to an agreement. So the only way that you can really feel love is by understanding what the agreement is. Because then, if they do that thing, you feel respected, and for that reason, now you feel loved. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. I've said that forever. Mm-hmm. But you can come to an you can come to an agreement of what that action action should be through conversation, right? So love is to be felt by respect, but respect is agreed upon. And once you agree upon that thing and you follow through and you do that thing, then you do feel loved as a man. But to demand but to demand respect, what does that even mean? Right? There's there's basic respect. Like don't you know, yell at me. You don't call me at my name. But like that's surface level. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like if I don't feel loved because you disrespecting me, that's because you went against an agreement that we agreed upon. Yeah, that's why it's cheating so bad. You went against the disagreement. Yeah. I mean, you went against the agreement. We're supposed to be together. That's disrespect, and that's you. Then you feel unloved.
1: But do you think that there's any part of it that's like? You care about being disrespected because of the love that you have?
0: You care about being disrespected because of the love that you have.
1: Like cheating. You just used that as an example. And I'm like, is the, is it the agreement being broken or is it the love? Like you originally had that love, which allowed you to want to respect that person. Or no. do you think it's the other way around? No,
0: it's the other way around because okay. like you can love somebody. Like, like, I love a lot of people, but like, I'm not married to them.
1: Well, yeah. You see But what I'm do you saying? respect them?
0: Yeah, but that's like service level respect.
1: Okay. Yeah. And that's fair. Like, I'm, I'm more just asking. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not
0: going to like call my mom out of her name out of respect for my mom. Yeah. But that's kind of like basic. But if my mom, like, I don't even have any kind of thing that my mom can do to really disrespect me because I don't have like an agreement with her. Mm-hmm. I do things out of respect for her because she's my mother. Right. Like, I can't call her out of her name. I can't. There's a lot of things you can't do, right? There's things that I wouldn't do. I respect you. Like you're one of my best friends, right? Yeah. So I'm not gonna do certain things because I wouldn't cross that line with you. Like I'm not gonna like if we were freaking single or something and we were out dating, I'm not gonna like go talk to the girl that you date that you're talking to on a yeah. low. Cause I respect you. I'm not right. gonna do that. You know right. what I'm saying? Exactly. But in a relationship, let's let let me think of a, a practical example to make this applicable for people. So Washing the dishes, for example, Mm -hmm. right? So if me and my wife come to an agreement that she's going to wash the dishes twice a week, I'm going to wash the dishes three times a week. And we pick days. And then we come to that day where she's supposed to do it and she doesn't do it. Now I'm mad. It's not because I don't feel loved. It's because I feel disrespected. Like you're not respecting me because we came to that agreement. Yeah. So you should respect that agreement because that's respecting me and we wouldn't have a problem. But on the contrary, if you do that, now I feel loved because you respected me. Uh, you respected us. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why a man feels love from respect. It's not because you're demanding something. Right, yeah, it's exactly. not because like you're commanding something. We came to an agreement. And you should stand by that agreement. Because now when you do it, I feel respected. Now I feel loved. But I also should do the same for you. Right? That's why respect is such a huge thing for both parties. But this whole thing about a man should just be respected based on the definition of respect that most men are talking about, throw it out. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. Respect is earned. What I respect is earned. Respect is achieved by coming to an agreement, sticking to that agreement and doing it. If you do the opposite of that, you feel disrespected and therefore you don't feel loved. So to me, respect comes before love. You are loved through being respected. That's how i feel about it i think at the end of the day they both had like good things to say um i really liked seeing that they came together from different religions and backgrounds and really just like stature and personality they're like complete opposites of each other yeah. and it was just cool to see that they still had like pretty much the same beliefs and george went there to like get him right and like you bro i believe everything you're saying but you're just you're just a bit much and mm-hmm. you're calculating you know what you're doing I understand what you're doing, but you gotta kind of flip the switch because your voice is powerful. And I'm sure if he thinks that way of him, sure. I ain't saying I think that way of him. Yeah, I mean, but I just think I just thought the conversation was, it was good, and then part two would be good too.
1: And I think the other thing is like it was just a good reminder for me where there was plenty where I was like I don't agree with frankly either of what you guys are saying, but this allows me then to to create my own thought Mm -hmm. process, my own thinking. Mm -hmm. I think it it like can reinforce your your own mindset Yeah. when you hear things that you don't want to hear. Yeah.
0: And I think that's why I love talking because, you know, pers- I always say perspective is everything, but I think in order to have good perspective, you have to have a good sense of direction and what it is you're trying to get out of people talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and you listen, you listen to pay attention. You don't listen to be convinced. You just need to pay attention to see what, what, what you think. Like I don't listen to things for people to convince me to do something. I have to convince myself based on the data that I get from things that I'll consume. Right. So I think this is a good place to uh, do that. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed listening to this and <laughs> listen to this and <laughs> hope you guys enjoy listening to this podcast and uh, we will see you guys on the next one.